0: Terry Tobin, welcome to the Soul Gigs radio show with myself, Simon P. How you doing?
1: Hey, 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 hey. It's so good to talk to you. It's so, so good to talk to you.
0: It's really great to see you. And uh, I'm going to tell all our listeners Terry is looking really well. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. Well, you know, I had to put a little lip gloss on, you know.
0: <laughs> she's, she's blushing. She's blushing now, but you guys won't be able to. Do that. <laughs> There oh, my gosh. Can you give us some insight? I want to take you all the way back to the beginning of your career. And funnily enough, yes. before we worked together in, gosh, was it 2016? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: When we in 2016. I didn't really get the opportunity to sort of delve right back into your history to be fair so right doing some background reading on you prior to to this interview you grew up in in mesa arizona and i understand that you got your singing craft like many before you in the church
1: that's right that's right granny would not have it any other way
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tell, tell us a bit about those formative years growing up where you were
1: so you know mesa is right outside of phoenix it's you know it's a suburb of phoenix and it is at the time and probably still is but especially at the time was not like a very predominantly black community or anything but of course my family was here they migrated from mississippi and made a home here so the interesting thing is radio for us here in Arizona was basically classic rock, easy listening, you know, that whole thing. So if it wasn't for the fact that, you know, when I was in church, of course I got my background there, but if it wasn't for like my mom, sharing you know her music collection and all of her albums and everything you know I would not have been exposed to the soul music that really truly just right. just was in my heart you know what I mean and so I was an only child at the time so if I was you know was doing anything that's what I did I, I sat and listened to the albums and you know anything from you know I used talk about Donny Hathaway because if he's my my all-time favorite and if you know of course my song free i talk about him yeah and um if you look on the back of that love infinity record that's what i wanted to also depict was he's a little girl listening to albums stevie wonder and new birth and every soul soul artist you can imagine i listened to them and So that's kind of where I got my, I won't say that's where I got my soul from, but I guess that's where I got my soul from because in the car, all we heard was, you know, classic rock. And I still have an appreciation for it, but where I got my juice (laughs) was at home. (laughs) Definitely at home, but in the church.
0: Brilliant. And you attended, I believe it's the University at Washington, DC, where you were classically trained. Is that right?
1: Yes, so I need to correct you. I went to the Mecca, (laughs) Howard University. Okay. So no, Howard, um, definitely kind of, I grew up there. I, I really want to say that I grew up there. It was my first time being, you know, away from home. And I, when I got there, I was studying music, music ed. And as a part of the program, I had to study classical. And I remember going into it like, dang, I'm at a black college and I got to study classical. Like I didn't understand the correlation, yeah. but in terms of how they grew you and how they prepare you for what's to come, you know, that kind of training, you can't get it in any other, to me, in any other medium really. And, um, you know, they went you in the with <laughs> with, you know, the stuff that you had to learn. And at the time I was a second soprano. Oh,
0: okay. And...
1: Doctor Norris was no joke. You know, you had to, you know, you had to learn the material and you're up in the stratosphere all the time. And I remember when I be when I decided to become an independent artist, by that time I was really mostly singing alto. You'll hear most of my stuff is like mostly alto, more yeah. rich tones and that type of thing so i feel like if dr norris <laughs> got wind that <laughs> this is where i am wow. um he'd be like what is going on here because you know i i definitely was a soprano and i'll be i'll be the first to admit part of it was laziness okay. because it's a it's a lot of work to stay up there and i go up there i just won't stay up there because it's it's a lot of work right, so, right. But yeah howard university was definitely my my first introduction to meeting some of the producers i worked with and deciding to be an independent artist and started
0: writing my own material at that time and just in layman terms for our listeners Mm -hmm. what does it entail when you're classically trained is it purely just singing or do you get the instrument part of it or is it you're just trained vocally in classical
1: So for me, it was just vocally only because I, I was required to play piano as well as a part of my major, but I don't, I don't tell a lot of people this, but I actually dropped the class because I had been playing piano by ear for years and so going from playing ear to actually having to read was very, very challenging for me. Um, anybody that plays by ear know it's very challenging because you're used to using your ear to kind of get around the notes and everything. And yeah, so I, I kinda dropped it. But I but I was required to take piano. But when you say you're classically changed trained, that's just typically that just means you train with classical music. Oftentimes, it's you know music from you know the older centuries, and and you're required to sight read. And the interesting thing about the corral, the, the chorale is is the choir that we you know we all maybe we all might have studied individually, but as a choir we performed. And the thing about that is the training is so intense that there were those that graduated and would come back and still perform with us, just because once you learn it, you never forget it. So. To speak. And so, you know, they were just classical pieces that we, that we all did. And, and oftentimes when we performed, we all kind of ended up doing the same ones um, again. until so some of the alumni would come back and, and perform with us, which is how we ended up performing at Bill Clinton's inauguration, just sing behind Dinah Ross and, and the likes of those people. Like that was just definitely one of the highlights of my life. And sometimes I forget how blessed I've been and how blessed my My experiences have been because I remember when Michael Jackson passed away, I didn't realize that we'd shared the stage with him in that particular event. And how do you forget that? (laughs) How do you forget that moment? But there were so many that occurred and he was on the stage so quick, they whipped him on so fast and then he was gone. I just never Really thought about it. And it was unfortunately when James Ingram passed away that one of my classmates sent me a screenshot of us sharing the stage. And I was actually standing next to James Ingram. So those moments, for some reason, I don't remember them as much. And maybe because I don't want to say it's old age, but (laughs) oftentimes, you know, there's so many things that occur, and I've just—I don't know—I've just been so blessed
0: yeah,
1: to experience some of the things that I have. Yeah, that
0: is truly amazing, and I understand at the same university shared um, some of your contemporaries such as uh, Eric Roberson and Si Smith. That's right, uh, there as well. Do you know them now that they've gone on and had careers, or were you actually friends with them at the time?
1: Eric, I, I knew uh, back then. We actually used to be in the studio together quite a bit. Um, there are songs that we, that, you know, he wrote that I, I demoed and we were kind of from the same click, so to speak. Our, our shared producer slash friend, Scotty Beats, Scott God rest his soul. Um, he was kind of like the catalyst to get us all together. So yeah, Eric, Eric and I worked together quite a bit back then. Si Smith and I, again, the same connection. She and I didn't meet until years later, even though we had also performed on a song together back then. Because back then, they were just trying to get songs and demo them and get them pitched and, and that whole deal. Gino Young also, also, you know, Howardite. And so um, there's just a lot of us that, you know, and I think about it. There's so many different people that were there at that time. Chris Dave, who plays drums for um, Mint Condition. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And there's so many talented people that were there at that time. And to be honest, when you were there, you felt it. Yeah. You felt the 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 power that was there. And I know I couldn't have imagined how how big everybody would be. But it was definitely, definitely a great time there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now you actually went through a time and um, I'm more than happy for you to correct me if I get it wrong. OK, OK. But you were signed at a point Were you with a group called Simply Raw.
1: Yes. So I was 17 at the time. Um, my first deal was through through that Uh <laughs> That experience, simply raw, or my girls. I was the only singer in the group, and we were like a, a R&B hip hop group. And the label was actually put together by one of the former members of Run DMC. Okay. And you know, it was kind of a friend of a friend type situation. Uh, but unfortunately, one of the people that they left in charge to to handle the business didn't necessarily handle the business like they should have. And it was right around the time I was about to graduate from high school. They told me not to go to college right away because we were going to be in the studio. We're going to do all these things that never happened. Anyway, so I'm still friends with the girls. (laughs) But my lesson from that, though, was I was 17. I signed my own contract. I, I read it air quotes but I didn't read it entirely yeah. and in the sense that I didn't realize that if had I not gotten an attorney to get me out of it they would still own me so to speak at this point you know 20some years later. It was a learning experience for me in the sense of, you know, OK, yeah, you got the talent, but you got to know the business Yeah. and you got to make sure that whatever steps you take, you got to make sure that you handle your business. So, yeah, you know, it was tough getting out of the contract, but, you know, it, I definitely learned a lot.
0: And what, if any, advice would you give to any young and up and comers that may be presented in that similar situation of being offered Sure. And contracts and and things like that. Absolutely. What would you do if you, what would you do differently if you had that opportunity again?
1: Definitely, you know, again, getting back to the business aspect of it. I get people ask me all the time, either about their relatives that are getting into the business. And I think it's great when you have a God-given talent. But in order to nurture that and in order to, to have the foundation for that talent, you definitely have to get the business sense. And if that means going to college and getting a business degree, that means if you decide you wanna go into law so that you can know what you're reading, yeah. um, those are those are the key, key things because oftentimes we get excited that people actually believe in you or they say they believe in you and they, you know, they, they're, they <laughs> they said, oh, we're gonna have this platinum, you're gonna be a platinum artist and all these different things. But without that business foundation and then also obviously copyright your material making sure that you are doing everything that you can to protect your craft and protect your music that you create uh that's a that's a big big thing and again I, i had to learn those those lessons a lot the hard way so yeah those would be that would be my
0: advice okay cool now leading up to your debut album in 2016 prior to that time you were writing material and and pitching that material yes and also- so
1: so yeah my first album as an independent artist i released in 2011 and leading up to that um i worked with other producers demoing their products for them you know doing backgrounds on certain things and so oftentimes there were times where say they were demoing it for another artist and maybe the artist would say oh no we got to leave her on there um and that was the case that was the case with Shantae moore we and actually, I demoed it for her to learn it. And then when she showed up to the studio, he was like, "She was like, well, why, why is she not singing it?" Mm. And I didn't know what to do with that. Like, it was a big compliment, but at the same time, like, this is shocking more. Like, this is supposed to be her. So it ended up being that I did the duet with Theron um, Peeler, another gospel project project that I was on. Ended up being on it, and then we all just did the backgrounds together. But but that was my bread and butter. That's how I was, you know, I was making a living doing backgrounds for, you know, other artists and and, um, demoing for other producers. And then also was kind of, you know, being around that, you know, some people choose to just sing, but that's where I also kind of got my, I always wanted to make sure that I was involved in the process, in in the production process as well. So that's how I learned to, you know, record my own vocals. So every album that you've heard, that's out in the marketplace I've recorded my own vocals maybe with the exception of maybe one or two songs I make it a point to to, to be hands-on when it comes to that kind of thing
0: okay and you mentioned Shante Moore who um, yeah. we revere over here in the UK of course I'm sure worldwide of course but um Lady's favorite Joe what was that like?
1: man so ironically um, Joe and I because of the, the production company I was working with at the time um, he had a It's a long story. They had had a publishing deal and Joe's manager was involved with the um, indirectly involved with that particular publishing company. And so we actually co-wrote the song So Good to Me, which is on my second album. So the interesting thing is I don't have a relationship with him now, uh, nor anybody from that camp or his camp. Um, But again, it goes back to the business side of it. They had a discrepancy with the guy that I was working with. And as a result, that kind of deaded that particular relationship. And so um, what I got out of it was a great song and a great experience. And the one thing I can say about Joe though, you know, oftentimes when people are in the studio or you're used to hearing them, let's say you're used to hearing them on the radio, you always make the assumption that there's gotta be some sort of something on their voice, right? No joe is one of those cats where you just hear his voice just raw and it's just so pure like i'm getting chills thinking about it right now because i remember what it was like yeah. and just playing his guitar and just singing and it's just so natural and just so effortless and um so yeah joe is definitely obviously will always be one of my favorites but to me i also feel like he doesn't get enough he doesn't get enough accolades that he deserves because yeah. vocally, is um, a songwriter, he's just dope. He's just yeah. absolutely.
0: Dope. He's um, quite well respected here in the UK. He does regularly come out here and yes. he performs to some pretty big crowds. It's always that you know, ladies love. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and he's got so many hits as well, man. He really does. He mm. really does. Yeah. Crazy. So we get to your your point where you release your debut. Yes. Um, Love Infinity. Yes. Uh, one, one thing that strikes me about you is your sensuality, if I could describe yes. it as that. You're very sensual as an artist. You kind of, you know... I, I get quite engrossed when I'm listening to your music. I think <laughs> I'm like I can lose myself in your music, I <laughs> think is great because for me, I want to escape if I'm listening. To yes. Music, sometimes, I'm yes. Gonna to, You know, get away from everything. So, yes. Where does that come from?
1: <sighs> okay, so this is the part where my grandmother needs to stop listening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you know, I've always. I've always just had this thing, even as a little girl. I listened to songs like, you know, I listened to Marvin Gaye. I listened to, like, I was just talking to somebody the other day about, like, the OJs. There's a song called, um, uh, who was it? Not um, Stairway to Heaven. Like, Let Me Make Love to You, and all these different songs that, as a kid, I didn't fully understand exactly what it was, like, what they were talking about. But I knew how it kind of made me feel like, oh, something's going on here, you know? And I just always want to have that. I just love that feeling. And, you know, I love love. I was born on Valentine's Day. So everything about my life has always been about love. And, you know, I just have to say it just comes naturally. I don't know why. (laughs) I don't know why I'm like this. (laughs) But I just am. And it comes naturally and then sometimes I do try to tame her a little bit right um, and then I have friends that are like well, why'd you do that just you know just be who you are so
0: uh, yeah, definitely. I love it I absolutely love it you get exactly where it is <laughs> <laughs> appreciate it that album did you expect to get the did you expect it to be received in the way that it was I mean it was literally picked up here in the UK pretty much straight away and you know I know you were nominated with Soul Tracks yeah other nominations a lot of love in the UK if you take us back to releasing that project was it just like a wing and a prayer was it like oh just put it out and see what happens or what did you anticipate that
1: you know what? I absolutely did not anticipate that. Um, to be quite transparent, um, you know, and I've said this before in a couple of interviews, like some of those songs I had been sitting on for 10 years. Wow. And I had co-written them with, you know, a couple of other my collaborators and and the majority of the songs on the album actually, um, shout out to Lou he and I were actually pitching them to other artists. Right. And, and, we, and part of this is because Coming into that age, I was told that, really, my days as an artist were kind of, like, done. And I just needed to focus on being a songwriter. And so that's kind of what I did at that time. I was a mom at the time. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to focus on doing that. But then when I pitched them to a couple of artists, like, free, I don't know if I've ever said this publicly, but free, we pitched it to Angie Stone and there was a couple of other songs that we pitched to her and we were like with her in mind and you know her people passed now granted her people could be it, it could have been a security guard it was like nah we're not even gonna listen to it or we, we don't even know whether she ever ever heard it but when we kept finding all these roadblocks it was like wait a minute maybe maybe i just need to put it out myself you know and and that's where you insert darla tobin blake's because she was like, you know, well, what are you waiting for? Just do it, you know, just do it. And so when I released it, I honestly felt like, well, maybe, you know, if anything, maybe my family will support it. Maybe, you know, I honestly did not think that it would do what it did. And so when the UK and and all oh, the other the other piece of that is this is we're still in the CD era, but mostly everything's going digital. So I just released it digitally, thinking okay, well, I'll just put it out there. And really it was for the sake of completion. Like I just wanted it to finish it yeah. so that I could move on to the next thing, whatever that was gonna be. Yeah. And then here you guys came knocking and it was just, it was mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Like to this day, I still, like I have so much love for the UK listeners of the UK, um, you know, DJs and, and presenters because had it not been for you guys, I don't know that I would still continue to do music because I, again, I just put it out because I wanted to say I did it. And so for it to have made the impact that it has and then even still having released, like I'm working on my fifth project now, having released albums since, if someone had told me back then that that's where I'd be with this, I don't know that I would have believed it because I, I wasn't really certain that as an artist, I would be received.
0: It's a really great album, and even, you know, I still revisit that album to this day, because there's so Do you? sensual tracks on me. <laughs> <laughs> so.
1: And you know what's so funny? What's so funny that you say that I'm sensual? Like, I don't necessarily go into stuff and say, oh, I'm going to write a sensual song today. And
0: the other female artist that has that same sort of sensuality, in my opinion, as Jill Scott. You know, yes. a, you know yes. you're in good company.
1: <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm honored to be mentioned alongside her. Absolutely. Because I, I love Jill Scott and feel like, you know, if, if for nothing else, you know, the other piece of this is, you know, being a, a thick woman, a curvy woman. Oftentimes we don't get the we don't get the love that I think we deserve.
0: Okay, yeah. and
1: this is also kind of my way of making you remember <laughs> that not only do we deserve it but you know we're here and we're not going
0: anywhere you uh, know what i'm saying that sounds really good <laughs> <laughs> now it wasn't long after that debut and you've done a christmas ep what was the thinking behind that
1: you know what (laughs) to be honest i think i was losing my mind at that point i literally did that project in two weeks and my poor producer at the time shout out to kevin aaron like it was just an honestly an idea that i decided i wanted to do and we just did it in two weeks and we put it out and part of it was i felt like you know at the time, I don't think I recognized how many people had Christmas projects, but I just kind of wanted to do some of my favorite songs. One of them was in kind of tribute to my grandmother because, you know, her favorite song was Oh Holy Night. And I always sing it every holiday at her request. You know what I mean? So it was just kind of one of those things where I just, you know what? Hey, let's do this thing, you know? And so now every year I'm, you know, I'm able to to say, OK, yeah, check out my Christmas project. Like, cool. do I do that?
0: Not long after that you came up with your third project so good yes, to me. So good and to me. I understand this was a dedication to fans. So what was, it the was. thinking behind that was it what, what was the thinking behind that?
1: So the thinking behind it was just that like I said my mind was so blown from from love infinity and I just felt like the the supporters of my music and my craft had been so good to me. That was essentially why I named it that. And then also the song was so good to me as a song I did with Joe. Um, I decided to put that on the record and that's kind of how that's kind of how that was. And then the other piece was oftentimes when people do a sophomore project, people are like, oh, is it going to be just like the other one? Is it going to be this be that? And for me, for me, that was cementing my my blueprint to always just do excuse me do what feels good to me yeah and so it didn't necessarily have the same sensuality as the first record but it was all about the music that felt good to me and it's I name with that
0: <laughs> great album again and you know your final uh, album truth is yes another amazing project and let me tell you love happens oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Just wow. (laughs) Wow. That is just an amazing, amazing song. Well, how did that come about? Is that some is that one you wrote years before again? No, no, no. So
1: I wrote uh Love Happens with Sean Hibbler. You know, thankfully, you know, as an independent artist, there are people that are always like, Oh, you need to work with so-and-so, you need to work with this guy. And so I've never even met Sean in person with a lot of the producers I've worked with. Um, He he came highly recommended and he literally played me a snippet of the intro and I was like, before you play that for anybody else, that is mine. (laughs) I don't want anybody else to touch it. Don't let anybody else hear it. I want it. And it's kind of one of those things where I literally it doesn't happen to me all the time but like when I hear a track, I immediately, the lyrics, the melody, everything, everything just came and and I, I don't know. Like it's, it is, it is one of my favorites. It's hard for me to say that I have a favorite, but it's definitely one of my favorites. And it's a sentiment that I believe. I, I believe it wholeheartedly that love, love does happen.
0: It's an amazing, amazing song. Do you know, when I when I listen to that, <clears throat> excuse me, I just imagine it being played with an orchestra. That's what oh that would be. oh, that would be so dope comes to my mind just like
1: oh, yes just, from your mouth to God's ears it's it's yeah. gonna happen. It's gonna it's happen, gonna happen. because ironically, I want to I would love to be able to set my music and play with an orchestra. Yeah. That is one of my dreams because oh. um I do just like with make beautiful, make beautiful initially had this really big string arrangement. And I feel like it got kind of lost in the radio edit, so to speak. And I'm like, man, if we can do that whole album with a real orchestra, oh my God,
0: it would be so, it would be so amazing. I can envisage like strings and everything. Yes. Uh, it's just got that feel to it.
1: And now all it's missing is maybe maybe a remix with you singing like a second what? verse. Is, is, that, is that what I'm hearing?
0: No, I cannot sing to save my <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil that track, no way. Another great track from that album, though, Shine," and breaking the- oh. of the slower songs, more up tempo, similar yeah. similar in tempo to "Free." Another yes. amazing track from that album.
1: Yes, yes, that song was. Um, I I met some guys. Um, Dominic uh, White from um, I believe he's from Connect. No, he's from no, he's from Virginia, and then the Kurt. Um, Hoffler, who did the the, um, engineering on it. Um, He's from Connecticut. And again, it was another one thing. We met online, we started talking, played the track for me. Ironically, um, I had written the lyrics and the melody to that song prior to hearing that track, written it and actually did another version. I don't know if you've heard of it with a guy from Portugal. And I wrote the lyrics and melody without a track initially. And to just a little bit of transparency, I wrote it and I was like in a really, really dark place in my life. Right. And it was just one of those things where I was trying to minister to myself, like, you know, we're going to get through this. <laughs> it's a little, it's a little dark right now, but you know we're gonna get through this and so it was kind of it was it was you know it was therapy for me but it was also a means for me to kind of you know uplift my own spirits and hopefully you know ho- lift someone else's like that was that was my
0: goal that was my goal. definitely did that now what does bringing you up to present yes in licking, licking our lips in anticipation <laughs> of new music from terry tobin when can we expect something from you even a single
1: give us give us. I know I know so (laughs) I did not so this next album is called Forever okay and I didn't anticipate it taking this long I didn't think it was gonna take forever for me to finish (laughs) and but part of that you know life happened and then you know just so (laughs) the pandemic happened so many different things have happened over time and I'm like yo like what is going on like Back in 2018, my equipment got destroyed and it set me back a bit. So I was just like, okay, is this telling me like I need to quit? Like what is going on? And there were times I really didn't think I was going to come back to this, ever come back to doing music again. But I'm back in the studio. I am revamping my studio right now. I did release a couple of singles, you know, over time, thinking this would tie people over. I released Heaven. Um, I released Smile Again. And then over during the pandemic, of course, we were uh, literally just trying to find ways to, to make money. I released this um, mixtape that I had been sitting on for a while. So I released that in May, and that's only available on Bandcamp. And it really is anybody that's like a, a true Terry Tobin fan that just wants to hear a different side of me, there's a couple of new songs on there for other people to, to check out. But as far as uh, when the new album is coming out, I haven't told anybody, I haven't told anybody this.
0: Guys, it's an exclusive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but it looks like it'll be May 21st. So that's, that's the goal. But I'm hoping to have another before then. Um, so a lot of a lot of the delay is you know again the pandemic has put a a damper on a lot of different things um and it slowed things down but um you know don't lose hope (laughs) okay as I believe I believe it's going to happen and um I was on the first morning with one of my collaborators and everybody was kind of sidelined of course not being able to go into studios not everybody has a studio at home so fingers crossed we'll have we'll have a new project and it's called Forever
0: definitely and and hopefully Terry we can get you back out to the UK when things return to some form of normality yes but I'm very much looking forward to working with you again yes
1: absolutely I'm looking forward to that too once the album is done and and we get the the high sign that is appropriate we will definitely uh, be glad to come back and uh and do some more songs.
0: Definitely. Now, Terry, and I don't mind if you decline, that's perfectly fine. I've never asked any <laughs> artists I've interviewed so far. But because we've okay. been so long for new music, could you give us a few bars? Would a you few you bars? Can you us, yeah. <laughs> could you
1: give us some of them? Um, yes. you want something, few bars of something new?
0: And, no, it doesn't have to be any anything
1: so if you had to pick if you had to pick a song what would it be
0: well of course i would say love
1: happens (laughs) (laughs) let me see if i remember my own song
0: um but any any song terry it doesn't honestly it doesn't have to be that one
1: okay um like you know you put me on the spot like this i got it's gotta be good you know what i mean like you know like Saying birthday to you, you know, I was prepared for that, but <laughs> I, you know, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta, um. Yeah. Mommy used to say there are three things you can't run from the true love in Texas. Yeah. But this loss of power of your own. Take a space in your heart and you may even know
0: love Yeah! Amazing. Oh my gosh. Knew you would kill it. Thanks so much for speaking to me. I really appreciate you taking of the time. Course. Out. Good luck of course. coming up. Good luck with the elections. Good luck. Uh, you know, please God that we get through this pandemic and we can come out the other side smiling. Absolutely. And, uh, Absolutely. And connect with, with both ourselves and as well as the fans in the UK. You know, I really look forward to working with you again.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Simon. It's always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> Pleasure's mine. Pleasure's mine.